I'm Mary Byers and this is Associations Today. My guest is Matt Braun, Vice President of Client Services at Loyalty Research Center. And I'm interested in talking with Matt today because I've been impressed by the work that his organization is doing in the research arena for associations. Uh, welcome, Matt. And why don't you start by way of introduction by giving us just a little bit of background about the research and the types of research that you do for organizations. Absolutely. Good morning, Mary. So at the Loyalty Research Center, uh, in our association's practice, our main focus is helping to associations to understand the relationships that they have with their members. So most of the research that we do is tied to active or current members, uh, looking at what is the, the distribution of relationships that exist within your association, some that are going to have strong in levels of engagement or loyalty to your organization, others that are more moderate or weak or maybe even actively disengaged from your association. So first and foremost, it's understanding what, what do those relationships look like? The second piece of that is helping associations to understand what is it that we're doing or not doing that is contributing to that level of engagement? Where do we offer the most value and where does our value need to improve in order to get more engagement or more loyalty from these, uh, from our members? And then finally, we work with those associations to help them understand how do we most effectively allocate resource uh, in order to migrate those less than uh, optimal levels of engagement uh, into higher levels of engagement. So that's the real that's the real nut of this is, is helping them to understand how do we effectively allocate resource. You know, in addition to current members, we also do research research with lapsed members and prospective members. We do deep dives uh, into areas like education or government relations, and we also do environmental scans, looking at what is it out in the industry or out in the environment that might be having an impact. It really covers the gamut, but it's, it, it's really focused on understanding member relationships. Well, one of the things that has impressed me is how you've been able to help organizations identify what drives membership. Uh, so for example, if they're joining because of continuing education and yet you're an association that has under-resourced that, there's obviously a disconnect there. But tell us a little bit about how you're able to dig deeply enough to be able to guide an organization and say, you know, this really is what driving is what driving membership, but, but here's where members see your value is, and how do you help them understand if there is a disconnect? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, uh, we invest a lot of time up front with the association to make sure that we understand the association, give, getting the historical context of how you got to where you are today. Uh, that typically involves a very comprehensive background information review, whether that's strategic planning documents, uh, previous research that you've conducted, membership and marketing materials. But we also like to speak to a representative sample of your staff and of your stakeholders. Why do we do that? Well, we the reason we want to talk to staff and stakeholders is it, it first and foremost gets buy-in into the process, but it also helps to educate us on what some of the big business questions are, or the, re the research questions should be. Uh, that helps us to design our questionnaire. Uh, we then go out and, and we survey your members and we bring back the uh, results on the back end. And by doing our analysis, we can help you to prioritize. It goes back to uh, what I described in the earlier question, is that we can't be all things to all members. And so by asking the right questions and understanding where the segments of members are that we need to be focused on, it helps you to give, give you that resource allocation that you're really looking for, prioritizing member needs. 
Give us a specific example of an association or two that you've worked with where the data that you've given them um, has helped them change direction or pivot or influenced uh, the decisions they're making from a strategic standpoint. Sure. Uh, one example, and this occurs quite often in the association world, is that you have a, a, a very vocal minority in your membership. And our, our initial reaction uh, in that association world is to respond, to react to that vocal minority. Instead, by surveying your entire membership, it gives you a sense as to what is the size of that vocal minority, and is it really in the best interest of our entire membership to react to that, that challenge or that need coming from the vocal minority? So it gives you a much more representative look at the entire membership and helps you to understand, is that a path worth pursuing? Uh, the second instance, and this is, again, we see this very often in the association world, is that we have leaders that know their membership. And so they make a lot of their decisions based on gut instinct or hunches. Uh, surveying your members can help to validate that the direction you're considering is the right direction based on your member feedback, or it's going to disprove uh, uh, that, that potential direction, and it saves you a lot of time and, and especially financial and staff resource going down a path that, that may not be very fruitful for you and your organization. You know, survey fatigue, I think, is a, a common phenomenon today. We're all being surveyed about everything. And so what advice would you give to uh, association professionals when it comes to uh, crafting and deploying a survey in a way that's going to get the highest return possible for the organization? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, over the last five to seven years, you've, you've had an advent of, of cheap and free and easy to use online survey tools that allow a lot of organizations, especially organizations that are, are limited in terms of their budget, uh, to go out and survey their members really whenever they'd like. And, and that in and of itself has led to burnout, survey fatigue, and lower participation rates. Uh, in addition to that, you have typically poorly designed surveys, uh, surveys that are asking the same questions over and over. And the third piece is that we're surveying our, all of our members in every survey that we do. So you're not giving uh, the membership a chance to recoup, if you will, uh, but you're hitting them multiple times, maybe even in a month. So what we typically suggest to associations and any organization that we, that we work with, uh, three things. First is, what is the business question that you're trying to answer? That if, it's, if the questions that we're asking are not really need-to-knows as it relates to that business question, then they probably shouldn't be asked in a survey. Uh, the second is, how long is the survey? Uh, typically, you can get away with about a 15 to 18-minute survey if it's really well designed. Uh, anything beyond that, you're going to see a, a significant drop-off in your survey. Um, not to say that it can't be shorter than that, but it, it, in terms of optimizing the amount of information, check the length of your survey. And then the third piece is, is it a, a question uh, that needs to be going out or a series of questions that needs to be going out to the entire membership? Uh, a lot of times we see that, let, let's say we're trying to get the answer from members that have been with us for less than five years, and we send the survey out to all 20 some odd thousand of our members, and we end up disqualifying three-fourths of them. Uh, instead, what you can do is utilize your member database or uh, uh, you know, previous research that you've conducted to help focus the survey or target the survey to the relevant audiences. That way, you're not hitting every single member with every survey that you send out. 
So you're really suggesting that we be smart just in how we deploy our surveys, that we segment the audience, that we have a very clear purpose for doing so, and we don't do it just because we always do it every April. Um, and in doing so, then we can actually get stronger data in the long run. Um, so as we wrap up here, just kind of speak in general, if you would, for an association professional that's thinking about using data um, you know, sometime over the next year, um, in addition to the tips that you've already given, given us, what other one or two things would you suggest they consider be thinking about? Well, you know, surveying is an extremely valuable tool, and any association nowadays, and any organization for that matter, should be making uh, educated decisions, decisions that are based on member feedback. Uh, what I would encourage, you know, the, the associations out there is to think about how many respondents are we getting in a survey? So do we have the quantity of responses that gives us a statistically valid sample? That's first and foremost. Second, it's not just the number of respondents, the quantity of responses that we receive. I know we typically get hung up on participation rates, but if, if you have a statistically valid sample and you have a sample that's representative of your overall member population, that's going to give you the highest level of confidence in the results. So when I say a, a statistically valid sample that is representative of your population, think about things like generational cohorts, uh, your member tenure, uh, gender, age, region of the country, if that's relevant, and making sure that we're not over or underrepresented in any of those segments. That's going to give you the highest level of confidence in the results and ultimately the highest level of confidence that you are going down the right path and you're making the decisions that are going to be best for your association over the year or years to come. Wonderful. That's great advice, Matt. Thank you.